It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birds podcast. Back for another week. Hello, Naomi. How are you going? I am fantastic, Nikki. How are you? Oh, I am awesome. It's been quite warm. It's been quite lovely. I've got a spring in my step, but I'm a bit scared because I think it's going to get cold again. <laughs> oh, I just... I am fascinated by the weather. This is such a nerdy we thing. We always talk we about the weather. I know, we do. And I was thinking the other morning, I thought, gosh, it's so cliche, but I think it's me who brings it up each time. I am actually quite fascinated with the weather. I think it's because I was a farmer's daughter. Um, so, the, yeah, the weather was always important. However, it wasn't really until I had the twins that I was just became a morning, afternoon, lunchtime, check the weather, check the weather person because – they were such terrible sleepers. I wanted to know exactly how cold it was going to be overnight so I knew how to dress them. I wanted to know, you know, just everything like that. You're right. It is so cliche, but we do get caught up in it. And I was actually talking to my mum about this conversation because I'm one of those people who talks to my mum as much as I can. And we always do that. The first thing we say is, how's the weather? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of I've always said, if if I had a chance at my a life again, this is this is pre-kids because I've got something different now that I've had kids, mm. but I'd always wanted to be a um, a weather person. A meteorologist. Yes. Yeah, I actually wanted to expand that part of my media career at one stage. I, I don't even know how to, but I was like, okay, I've worked in radio, I've done TV, I want to do the weather. <laughs> You'd have to do, like, surely you'd have to do some kind of, I don't know, meteorologist course or something. You couldn't just go straight into weather. I have I a really know. good friend who's uh, who does the weather for local news out of Newcastle, and I'm like, I really should hit him up one day and ask him, how do you get into it? I agree. <laughs> and, and, and say, look, I've got, this, I've got this crazy chick friend that knows nothing about journalism, nothing about anything, but she loves the weather. <laughs> but we've decided that we both want to do weather. Look, look at the tangent we've gone on already. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, I tell you what, we'll look into the weather in a little bit more de- detail, but uh, coming up, we have a big show. We've had a couple of big weeks. We've been talking about uh, second trimester health struggles, of course, early intervention and NDIS. So we thought we'd flip a coin this week and talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. I'm really looking forward to this because I know the stories that I've got lined up are, well, I think they're funny, and I know that you haven't actually told me what you're going to be talking about, but a couple of the hints you've given, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really good episode. Yeah, I've sent you some bullet points, and I've just realised they probably sound very strange. Uh, Look, we are going to be talking about, uh, basically, we want to talk about that you can kick goals while you're pregnant with multiples, and some of the random things we did while heavily pregnant. Looking forward to it. Let's do it next. It's Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Now, we thought we'd do something a bit lighthearted this week, Naomi, and I want to talk about things you actually achieved when you were pregnant with multiples. Oh, because that was tough. I mean, life was tough when I was pregnant with multiples. So achieving things, that seems, you know, that's... Well, That's I was pretty good. going through all our podcasts and I thought we've talked a lot about different struggles, um, health struggles as we grow. We still get to get to the third trimester and all the actual birthing and everything. But I thought let's have a bit of a hiatus and let's talk about some of the things that you may have achieved when you're pregnant. And I don't know if you remember, but I think it was the first episode. I may have touched on the fact that I attended an awards night when I was yes. about, oh, I think it was five and a half months pregnant. 
Okay, so five and a half months. So you were getting pretty large. I was getting large. Now, the first dilemma, now this was the first time I'd been nominated for an award and I was so excited and I was lucky enough that I was able to take Chris along with me as well. So, and my co-host at the time, we were all going up there and I was like, this is going to be fantastic. First dilemma, what do you wear? Yeah, big one. I got over that by finding a, a dress that just hung over my belly. But then there was one thing that I had completely forgotten until literally the day before I was due to fly to the Gold Coast for this awards. Was it shoes because of your swollen ankles? No, no but for the first time ever in my life, I took shoes off underneath a dining table while I was eating. <laughs> and the worst thing was I then won the award and didn't have my shoes on. No. <laughs> so they read out my name and I'm like, crap, crap. My bosses are sitting next to me. The spotlights come on me. I'm like, I don't have my shoes on. I don't have my shoes on. Because <laughs> you were saying this is like the ARIA Awards of radio. So it, this is a yeah. big award. Yeah, it's called the ACRAs. It's amazing. Like the biggest, you know, your Kyle and Jackie O's, your big personalities, Hamish and Andy's are all there. Everyone from radio's there. I get this award and I don't have any shoes on. So that was one oh. point. Before I even got there, though, there was one little thing that I'd completely forgotten to tick off until it was literally the day before. And I just happened to be looking at something Um and I can't even remember how it came up, but I saw that if you've got a, a high-risk pregnancy, make sure you've got permission to fly. And oh, I, my goodness. I thought to myself, permission to fly? Come on, I'm a human being. What had not occurred to me that I needed to get permission not to fly, but to fly back. And that's because even though I was only away for two days, I actually crossed that limit of being able to fly as a high-risk pregnancy while I was at the award night. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's so, hilarious. So I had to – I'm ringing my obstetrician and I'm leaving this message at the, the reception going, I need a letter. I need a letter faxed to my office today. Otherwise, I can't get on the flight because I, it was a return ticket. Right, of course. So they weren't going to let me fly up if I couldn't fly back down again because I don't know whether I was going to be an illegal person then staying in Queensland or how it was going to work. But, yeah, there you go, craziest thing. I completely forgot that I needed permission to fly. And that's a really important thing for people to remember because with (laughs) high-risk pregnancies, that permission is going to come a lot earlier than Mm -hmm. um, if you were – pregnant just with a singleton and a low-risk pregnancy. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's something I didn't know. I mean, I, I thought it would be the same. And yeah, it was only because I was following up on something with my booking that they said to me, oh, well, you, you, you've got a high-risk pregnancy. Do you have permission to fly? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not like 15 days out or whatever, or, you know, the last 10 weeks or whatever. They're like, no, you need it from now on. So yeah, it's a big flag. Like if you're planning like a, a baby moon or something like that, do check when you need to fly if you've got a high-risk pregnancy because most multiples are. That's interesting. Do you know what? I, I dated a guy once who um, he was a psychologist. However, he was doctor and his work had booked it and he was flying internationally and then there was this call out by the hosties, is there a doctor on board? And he just ignored it because, I mean, he was doctor mm. so-and-so, but he wasn't a medical doctor, so he just ignored it. He didn't, hadn't kind of conned on the fact that his ticket was booked in that. And it was, is there a doctor on board? And he ignored it. And then he's like, we know there is a doctor on board, please make yourself known. And he eventually pressed the buzzer to say, well, I'm, you know, I am a doctor. Well, he had to deliver a baby (gasps) while on board. (laughs) So... 
even though he's he was a psychologist, he did actually do um, some basic. You have to do some general, yeah, you have to do general medicine before before you move into this specialisation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, he delivered a baby on board, and afterwards they did actually move him up to first class as a thank you for the rest of the flight. And he did say, I remember him saying to me, I was quite glad that you know it was like three hours into my twenty hour journey as opposed to the last know, three hours, hours before we, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but the, anyway, that made me, I've always remembered that conversation, and yeah, I guess when you're pregnant with multiples, the risk of having them a little bit early, yeah, is always a, always at the back of your mind. So, yeah. I, yeah, it was quite incredible, and even just getting on the plane and everything, they were that I, I could board first because they were worried and all that sort of stuff, and they're telling me to you know move my feet all the time, and I I was quite surprised because I've flown so much in my life, I was just quite surprised at how much attention and care was taken to it, and they were like, "You're feeling okay." I'm like I'm feeling fine <laughs> so there you go yeah random thing make sure that you're sort of wary about the period of time if you do want to fly particularly if it's for work like mine it just didn't cross my mind no no and that yeah absolutely no, just sure. one other thing on that awards night uh before we move on from it and that was uh my one of my bosses obviously got the heads up that I was going to win the award because she came up to me and she said um if your name's called out promise me you'll get your other friend to go up on stage with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to win. And secondly, I'm fine. Like I can walk up some stairs and she was so worried and she was one of our big bosses. She'd gone to him and said, you know, if her name gets caught up, you have to hold her hand. I don't want a pregnant woman of twins falling down the stairs at the Acras. That's just going to be humiliating. <laughs> she she oh was adamant. So he had to escort me up the stairs, this poor guy, and he lost in a similar category. I felt awful. Um <laughs> He had to oh, escort no. me up the stairs to get the award because my boss was so worried something was going to happen to me. It was hysterical. And he was nominated. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so funny. So oh, awkward. Anyway, what about awkward, you? good on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think mine's going to – well, I don't know. I reckon the, the funniest thing that I did is that um, – so I'm an – I work – I'm ex-travel. So mm-hmm. I worked in a corporate, so uh, very different to what people often think about working in travel, but I, I did business travel. And uh, anyway, we got invited to the Madonna concert when she was in Brisbane. Oh, which awesome. I thought, was like, okay. And generally when you get invited to something like this, you have to take another colleague. Yep. Um, so I sort of said to them, okay, um, these are some other accounts that we have. Who else? Because it, it was an airline that invited me. So I was like, okay, out of these accounts, uh, who books you the most? Mm. And she's like, oh, do you not have a partner? And I said, oh, well, yes, I do. And she said, oh, well, just bring them. Okay. And I thought, oh, okay, that's unusual because normally, you know, because – since the GFC and all of that, the whole everyone thinks that working in travel is brilliant and amazing, but no, because travel was the one that took the biggest hit. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of um, all the things that we used to get before the GFC was cut right back. So if you got invited to something and you were able to bring someone, it had to be a colleague. But no, I was anyway. So I said to Dave, "Oh, do you want to go to this Madonna concert?" And he was like, "Oh, you're going to be thirty weeks pregnant, nearly." And I was like, "It'll be fine." It's Madonna. <laughs> It's Madonna. I want to go. Anyway, so off we go to this amazing concert um, where we, you know, we get the full VIP treatment. We get taken in for before show drinks and all of that. Mm. Obviously, I wasn't drinking, but um, all of that kind of stuff. And 
then I find out the tickets are in the mosh pit. Oh no! That was. Do you know that was the question I was going to ask? Did you have a seat? <laughs> well, Dave said to me, "Oh, Amy, you can't sit in. You can't stand in the mosh pit. We've got to get you a seat." And I was too embarrassed to say anything. I'm like, "No, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine." Anyway, we head off and we're going down, and the security check your tickets and all of that. We're heading down to the mosh pit, and there's this big beefy Maori guy stops me. He goes, you can't go down there. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I can. I've got a ticket. And he said, no, you're too pregnant. Oh. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm fine. Pregnancy shouldn't stop a woman doing anything, I remember saying to him. I can imagine you saying that. But yeah. You're and not going to anyway, stop me. Anyway, he lets me through and I walk down. And as I go down the next flight of stairs to actually get into the mosh pit, this heat from the bodies, the number of bodies that were in there, and the heat just started to rise. And I was like, oh, this is really hot. Okay, just breathe. And, of course, you can't take water bottles and all of that kind no. of stuff in. And I was thinking, oh, I get down there, and I said to Dave, he looked at me, he goes, Nami, we're going to go and stand right at the back so you don't get bumped. And I'm like, yep, okay. We get up to the back, and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do this. So we left. This was not even five minutes later. We oh. go back up the stairs and this, you know, this enormous, lovely Maori guy says to me, yeah, I thought so. Oh. Just go to the, yeah, I know. He said, just go up to the counter and tell them that you need to sit in one of the disability seats. It's like, what? What do you mean? And I was, and I was like, at this stage, I was like, and I was like, well, I'm either going to see Madonna sitting in a disability seat or I'm not going to see Madonna. So off I go, and I go up there, and they've got lovely um, a platform ready for people with wheelchairs or people with disabilities or anything like that. And there actually wasn't anybody else in there. So we just went and sat up there on our own. We had a most amazing view, I must say. And then halfway through the concert, another lady turned up on her own. She was very pregnant, and she came in and sat down there. I think I don't know, there was maybe 10 seats. So we, Dave and I sat at one end, so there was two of us, and then she was like nine seats down sitting by herself at the other end. And in the break, I said to her, oh, I said, were you in the mosh pit? And she said, yes. And I said, oh, so was I. And anyway, we had a chat. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Yes, had a great time. Um, don't really recommend it standing in the mosh pit at 30 weeks. My waters did break at 31 weeks. I'm just <laughs> grateful it didn't happen. <laughs> Imagine there, the story but... if it had been at the Madonna concert. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> I'm impressed that you actually even went. That is dedication. Well, we drove. We didn't, you know, and I was like driving to one of those things is a nightmare. So it took us forever. And I remember saying to Dave, I'm going to have to get out and pee in the bushes because <laughs> we couldn't get out. That's the other and thing, though. Like, the queues of t- for the toilets at the event. Oh, yes. Well, I managed that because I actually went out while she was singing because I said to Dave, I've got to go to the bathroom now. I'm not going to last if I have to stand in a queue for 15 minutes. So I missed one of her songs to go to the bathroom. But then, yeah, driving out, and we were stuck in this almighty traffic jam. I said, Dave, I'm going to have to get out and pee behind a bush. I didn't. I did make it. but And he pulled over at the first service station. But anyway. <laughs> that is hilarious. It's Talking Twins and More with Nick's and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. Well, Naomi, I think that's pretty impressive that you went to the Madonna concert. I give you 10 points for that. And I think you probably had a view that everyone was jealous of in the end. 
<laughs> I look in the long run, I, I, it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I got to sit down and enjoy it. And, you know, I could still enjoy everything. And yeah, it was a great concert. And something that you can tell your kids now that they're getting older. <laughs> that's correct. Well, the only other one that I've got that sticks out is... Um, it would have been the week before Christmas. So my boys were born in the January, um, majority of December and January, I was on bed rest. So it was the week before I went into labour. I was hosting an enormous thing called a Christmas Spectacular. So it's basically like almost a, a Carol's in the Domain, but on a local level. So it was out at the race course. There was 5,000 people there. There was all these food vendors and it was a huge event with school choirs and XYZ. And, and I was the MC host for the event. Um, and my boss <laughs> What did you wear? Like a big Santa outfit with a big belly? Well, in <laughs> hindsight... That probably would have been the right idea. But, of course, it was December, so it was hot. It was a really hot, balmy night and it was like the flies were out and everything. And my bosses kept saying to me, like, are you sure you want to do this? And, like, my reputation in the industry is just I'm stubborn. Like, I always want to say, yes, I'm going to do everything. But it did come to that point where I was like, what the hell am I going to wear? So I decided to wear this dress that I had in my wardrobe, which was a strapless now, bear in mind, I bought this dress before I was pregnant with twins. This was not a maternity dress. This was not suitable for a woman who was seven months pregnant with multiples. And it was a, a strapless boob tube kind of thing with a fitted short skirt and then like a long netting over it. And I thought to myself, this is going to be fine. This is fantastic. I'll be cool enough. Um, but the shirt will, the, the dress bit will sort of cover the bump and everything. And then all the, the sheer material will fall off. It was only after I watched all the footage backwards that I looked absolutely ridiculous. Like the dress bit literally stopped under my bump and how on earth the entire community didn't see everything. I don't know. It was not right. It was the worst outfit choice. And I looked like this absolute enormous heifalump on stage. I was wearing these really big heels and I loved it. It was fantastic. But I just looked like my dress didn't. It looked like I had a T-shirt that just stopped under my bump. And then this very see, what turned out to be incredibly see-through in the dramatic lights. Um, And there was I on stage with Santa wearing this very inappropriate outfit in front of all of the families in the community. Well, at least your boobs would have held the boob tube part up. <laughs> they did, but they were almost as big as the bump. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, I literally ended up on bed rest the following week and my doctor said to me, he's like, I don't know what you've been doing, but you, you really, it's like you haven't slowed down. I said, I've been doing nothing except emceeing an event for five hours on my feet. Or standing in the mosh pit at the concert. Exactly. So there you go. Oh, look, it was just absolutely ridiculous. But it does go to show that if you want to, you don't let your multiple pregnancy slow you down. You don't. That's correct. However, you do have to be a little bit careful. I know that for me, I was a little bit conscious of things, in the, um, particularly in the early days, mm. uh, because we had lost a set of twins previously due to the miscarriage and everything like that. And... I didn't get up to it an awful lot because I was really tired. I Honestly, mm. I felt like yeah. the life was being sucked out of me for a lot of my pregnancy. Um, so I was very tired. However, the one thing that did happen to me that is very different is that um, I hadn't even told my work at this stage that yeah. I was pregnant. But we had really, really big 
floods in 2011 in Brisbane. Our whole CBD was flooded and it was a lot of people lost their houses and all sorts of things. Um, Many, many, many businesses, including mine and Dave's, were closed down. Uh, He had a colleague who had recently moved out from, uh, I can't remember where it was actually, uh, someone somewhere overseas and had moved there. And Dave had become quite good friends with this guy. Anyway, they had the floods and it turned out that uh, he didn't have any house insurance. Oh, oh my goodness. He was only renting. They'd only lived over here. He had his whole family. It was him, his wife and his mm-hmm. three kids. But they didn't actually have any house insurance. The flood came through and they live in a two-story house. And the floodwaters actually stopped just below the roof line of the first floor. So, I mean, that's a good, I don't know, six, seven, seven feet oh of floodwaters. Wow. And uh, Dave said to me that he was going over to help, but we had been hearing on the radio that pregnant people needed to just to stay out of the mud because of uh, if you have a cut or anything, bad things could get into a cut like in your leg. Like the chance of infections and stuff like yes. that. Yeah, right. And so he was like, oh, look, do you mind if I go and help my friend? I'm just going to, you know, I, I don't know how long I'm going to be. I'm like, yeah, of course, of course not. You know, if there's anything I can do, let me know because I couldn't go. Anyway, he turned back up and he got the trailer. Mm. And I was like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, look, you can help out. I'm going to bring over their washing. And I was like, yep, great. I can certainly do some washing. Unbeknownst to me, he actually meant their entire linen cupboard had been flooded. All of their bedroom cupboards had been flooded. Oh, my gosh. And he bought an entire trailer of wet laundry over to me. I was like, oh, okay. So I started doing uh, jump the fence because my neighbor's laundry is underneath the house as well and I could access it. So Mm. I started doing washing and two things and I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. So I drove up to the laundromat where I could do you know, three loads in in one by paying, you know, four or five dollars. So I did all of that. And then um, Dave, he's a railway engineer. He had to go up north because a lot of the railway tracks had been dislodged and there were lots of dramas. He had to go up and inspect them to make sure they were right for the trains to run on them. And I was up there and I suddenly went into really bad cramps. (gasps) Oh, and God. at this point, I was only 13 weeks. So it had only been last time I'd ended up having the DNC, um, the baby, one baby passed at seven weeks, one passed at nine. I had the DNC about 11. Mm. So I was still in that very rough period. Um, and so I rang my stepmother, who lived nearby, and asked her to come over. She'd med- got a medical background and she came over, took me straight up to the hospital, and we got to see the babies, and it was, everything was fine. Yeah, but that would have been but, scary. It was so scary. And I thought, hang on, there's some things you can't do while you're pregnant. And obviously lifting basket upon basket of wet, heavy clothing is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. My goodness, you just pushed yourself almost that bit too far. Yeah, I did. Um, But I didn't think about it because I was just wanting to help these people. You know, the whole of Brisbane was in, well, the whole of Queensland, but the whole of Brisbane was in disaster and yeah, it was, it's, it's yeah, funny that did you find that the hardest thing is, as you said, you wanted to help, particularly in a crisis moment. I mean, I, I was in nothing nearly that severe, but I found it very hard to begin with. And even well into my second trimester, I find it hard to say no to things at work. Um, yes. and, and one thing that's 
sprang to mind for me is I, I was working at a really small radio station at the time and we didn't have a promotions team as well. So as announcers, we'd often come off air and then go and do, you know, street team crosses when you give out all the icy can. Cold, oh, yes, yes. Cans, cold cans of Coke and stuff like that. And even well into my second trimester, I remember in my first trimester when I wasn't telling anybody, I would have to drive up to 40, 50 minutes to different towns to do these giveaways and do these crosses. And I remember pulling over on the side of the road in the work car on my own and like literally vomiting on the side of the road and keeping going and doing these crosses and then eventually still doing them while I was heavily pregnant with the boys but not wanting to say no. Because I just, I felt bad. And I, I realise now in hindsight, it wasn't the right thing to do because I wasn't looking after myself and therefore the boys. I do have my boys in with me at the moment, so I do apologise. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a good reminder, Naomi, that while we laugh and we say we've done some great, crazy things uh, pregnant, but we do have to look after yourself, don't you? You do indeed. And, you know, like, we'd love to hear what things that you got up to while you were pregnant. You can head to our Facebook page, Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast, and tell us the fun things and the goals that you kicked while you were pregnant. But then, you know, also tell us the things that happened that you went, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. All right, Naomi, that time of the week is time to go through our wins and our struggles. Uh, let's kick off with your struggle for the week. Let's go out on a high. Uh, yeah, so my struggle this week is that we've um, had a lot of problems and I think I've mentioned this before in one of my other struggles. My girl twin is absolutely inconsolable at um, drop-off. Uh, this week, mm. the teacher basically said to me, oh, maybe it's because you're coming in. And I thought, oh, okay. So I tried to do drop-off, which I do at least once a week at the um, just at the gate in the stop, drop and go or the you know drop mm. and kiss zone or whatever yeah. you call it. And um, I dropped her off and she just refused to get out of the car. Now, I'm really lucky. My twins are both very tall, so they can actually open the, like a pool gate. Um, Most of the other people up to about year four are having to actually get out of their car and go and open the gate for their children. But um, my two are very tall. They managed to get out and open it. But she refused to get out of the car. So anyway, my boy wandered off and off he went and she just wouldn't get out. So Mm -hmm. I went and got her. She's like, oh, I want you to walk me in. And she's crying and everything. So I walked her in, turned around to talk to a teacher to just sort of say, oh, look, can you just keep an eye on her? Turned around. She was gone. She'd run back to the car. (gasps) And I was like, oh, my gosh. Absolutely broke my heart. But anyway, I had to just push her, got her back out, pushed her off to the teacher, and I just had to drive off. And I'll be the first to admit, I cried on the way home. I just thought, oh, bless her. Yeah. How do you Anyway, hopefully your struggle isn't quite as um heart No, it's not. I, d- I just feel like I I'm sure there's some other mums out there who go through the same thing and, and maybe they uh, might have some advice. It just seems like such a tough thing. It would be absolutely gut wrenching. I mean, you know, that's so hard for you. Mm. Oh, all right, well, we'll see if we can find uh, some thoughts on that one. Uh, mine's nowhere near as, as gut-wrenching this week. It's actually just that we're really struggling. We're launching into that period of time. I think I mentioned uh, last week we're looking now at, at preschool enrolments. Um, Hunter's just started another new program, and then now I'm trying to balance um, swim lessons. And it's just the overwhelmingness this week of starting to, to run a, a really busy schedule. And I know it's something that you touched on a couple of weeks ago, but I'm just finding the boys are getting really tired because we're rushing all over the place between my work and now we're just getting more and more commitments and finding that downtime for them is what I'm actually struggling with just getting them to unwind 
And I think the one thing for me, my only biggest tip is to try and find things that aren't screen related. Yeah. Because I always kind of went, oh, you're tired. You know, you can watch Netflix. Oh, you're tired. Let's see what's on the TV. Yeah. But they just need to learn to zone out and downtime on their own, even if that just means playing cars you know, driving around a track or something. Yeah, I, and I think that's what they need a bit more time. And I think one of the things that I haven't been scheduling in for them is actually just downtime, playtime at home. And it really hit yeah. me, I think it was yesterday, when we had to rush off to something else because I had to go to work and they had to go here, there and everywhere. And, and Harry just looked at me and he said, Mummy, I just want to go home. And it was the first time he's ever said it. He's only three and a half. He's like, I just want to be at home. And it really hit me that they just, they're struggling. And I think, yeah, I realise I've got to make time to just be at home a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It makes a big difference. What about your win? My win this week is a bit of a cute one. Uh, We've we've had a lot of battles recently with the boys fighting all the time and they're on each other. And then I don't know how it happened just on – I think it was last Friday night, Hunter walked down and he'd got all the musical instruments from around his room. So we had like half a percussion set, two recorders, um, a microphone that plays some terrible tune. It was all horrendous. But we erupted into a family dance party into the middle of the lounge room and it was just one of those awesome moments where the boys were just that- getting on like a house on fire. They were singing. They were, it was all out of tune and I feel sorry for my neighbours, but God, it was an awesome moment. Oh, that's amazing. I love those moments, those spare-of-the-moment things where you just look back and you think, oh, that was awesome. And it, usually the boys are always fighting over everything, but they were sharing so well. They were swapping instruments. They were swapping whose song they were choosing. And it was just, yeah, it was just an awesome moment. What about you? What was your win this week? Well, mine, mine always seem to be related to my losses, my wins and my losses. But after what happened, I went and spoke to the school about everything. And, oh, my goodness, they were so supportive. Oh, good. What did they say? Yeah. Well, look, she went through everything with me. I spent half an hour. This is with the principal. This is the beauty of going to a really small school. There's, a, you know, there's less than 300 children at our school, which is one of the reasons why we're going there. Mm. And she's so supportive. And she just said she's a new principal this year. She was like, what else can we do to help you? Oh, that's the and kind of support you want. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just it's music to my ears. And I mean, there wasn't really anything. And she did say that I was doing everything that she would recommend. But just to almost, I don't know. Again, like we were talking about last time with getting the specialist saying yes, this is what's going. On. It's like that validation that there is a problem. And okay, what can we do to fix it? Oh, that's so good. And to know that they're supporting you and not sitting there going, well, you're not doing this right or something like that. To have the school on your side must be such a big relief. Oh, amazing. And I mean, that's definitely my win for the week. I actually walked out of there, even though we were talking about, you know, for me, what is a sad topic and all of that, Mm. to walk out and have um, something so positive. It was brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Look, we'd love to hear your wins and struggles from the week. Head to our Facebook page. Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. That is it for another week. I can't believe it. It goes so quickly. Uh, next week, Naomi, uh, look, we're going to get into the final stretch, the third trimester, or what what we had of it, I should say. That's correct, yes, because I think there's a lot of people that don't quite make it to the third trimester. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to sharing our stories about our third trimester and then hearing yours. Don't forget you can grab this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give it a rating so we know what you like. Join our conversation on our Facebook page. We'll catch you next week. Talk to you then. Bye. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.